This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 81, The Power of Questions. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. How are you doing? That's my first question for this episode. (laughs) I know you can't answer it, but I bet you when I ask how you're doing, you quickly scanned your brain to sort of ask yourself, how am I doing? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite vacation memory? What does your house look like? So I'll let you in on a little secret about the brain. Really, it's a couple little secrets. The brain, it actually can't multitask. It is a single task operator. And I know all you multitaskers out there will want to vehemently disagree, but the research is there to support that the brain does one thing at a time. So when I ask you a question, your brain actually stops and redirects everything to that question. It's kind of like a question hijacks your consciousness. Your brain can only handle one idea at a time. So did you notice that when I was asking the questions? What's your favorite city? What's your favorite book? How do you spell dessert versus desert? You ask a question and the brain gets on it. So today I want to talk to you about the power of asking questions why we want to be asking questions and how it helps us. I'm going to share a bit with you about the neuroscience of asking questions. So it's based on an article that I came across called The Neuroscience of Asking Insightful Questions. So let's talk first about neuroplasticity. So the brain is not hardwired. Our brain actually has a capacity to grow and change and acquire new knowledge to think and create different pathways. So actually, when we ask a question, the brain gets busy searching for paths. Now, perhaps it's a path it already has. Maybe it's a very well-worn path, but it could also be a path that hasn't been used very much or even a path that never existed. So when you ask a question, the brain is on the hunt and it will create a new pathway if it can't find one already there. So questioning can actually be the catalyst needed for your brain to change and to move forward. Now, the second thing is, is when we ask a question, the entire brain gets active as it reflects because it's trying to search. And as it's trying to search, there's a release of serotonin. And this encourages all the different other areas of the brain to come together, to gather intelligence and allow for insight. So reflection, it gets the brain going as it tries to solve the question that you're asking and then new connections are made. And as the serotonin is released, the brain gets all fired up and it can get motivated to do something to actually take action. Now, something else happens when you ask a question, and it's what they call instinctive elaboration. Basically, what happens is when you pose a question to someone, their brain for a moment will solely focus on answering your question. So when a question is posed, it basically takes over the brain's thought process. And when your brain is thinking about the answer to the question, it really can't contemplate anything else. So since your brain can only think about one idea, when you ask someone a question, you are forcing their minds to consider only your question. So it's pretty powerful when we think of communication 
and consider the conversations that we have. Think about the questions that we ask. Every time we ask something, we're actually triggering instinctive elaboration to happen. And they can't control the hijacking. They can't help but think of the question. But they do get to decide the response. Now, there are all sorts of studies out there that talk about the power of asking questions. And there's cool thing that research have found is that asking questions will actually influence behavior and influence your decision-making. So even asking people about their future decisions significantly influences the decisions. And this is a phenomenon known as the mere measurement effect. So there was a famous study back in 1993 by Morowitz, Johnson, and Schmidtlein, and they looked at more than 40,000 participants and found that simply asking someone if they were going to purchase a new car within six months increased their purchase rates by 35%. Now, there was an earlier study in the Journal of Applied Psychology where they asked citizens whether they were going to vote in an upcoming election, and it increased the likelihood that they did by 25%. So there's several more studies out there that show how behaviors can be increased simply by asking questions about them. And I just think that is really cool. So asking questions can be very powerful. Why do questions have such an influence on the decision-making process? Well, because they prompt the brain to think about a behavior first, which then increases the probability that it will be acted upon. The research showed that the more the brain thinks about a behavior, the more likely it is that we will engage in that behavior. So just thinking about doing something can shift your perception and even alter your body chemistry, which I think is very cool and powerful. Now, questions are also useful and powerful because they push us to reconsider our mindsets, our beliefs, which then determine how we think, feel, and act. So when we ask questions, there's a part of the brain that gets all lit up called the reticular activating system or the RAS. Now, this might be a familiar term for you because it is the RAS that directs our attention and our mental resources. So this is a system that basically filters stuff. It's like a filter. It's constantly scanning for whatever you tell it to look for. And we talk about it often in terms of being on the lookout for danger because it's constantly scanning for it. But we can direct it and tell it what we want it to look for. And one way you can direct it is by giving it questions. Here's what you're going to go find. So you tell it what to focus on and it will create a filter for it. Then it will sift through and present what will be useful for you based on your filter. But this is not a conscious thing. So it can work for you and it can work against you too. Because if you have a certain belief, the RAS will seek information to confirm that belief. It's constantly seeking evidence to prove your brain right. It's not constantly seeking evidence to prove what is right and what is wrong. It's trying to prove your brain right. So whatever you always already believe. So when we ask other people questions, the instinctive elaboration kicks in and the brain will focus on the questions. The RAS will then create a filter and it starts searching for the answers. Now, what happens when we ask our own brain a question? The same thing. And that's why it's so powerful. When we ask ourselves a question, then our brain immediately focuses on that and we immediately get busy trying to answer and trying to support the answer. So we're looking out for evidence. And that's why it's very important that we carefully craft our questions. If we know our brain is going to be focusing on what we ask, 
and get busy trying to find answers, proof, evidence to what we ask, why in the world would we waste our time, our energy, and our brain juice focusing on the things we don't want? I look at it like we have a certain budget to spend. Why would we spend money on a question that will not serve us well? What we tell our brain, our brain will go out and find proof for it. So what we ask our brain, it will set out to answer. And this is also how visualization works and really the law of attraction. When you focus on the good things, they will come to you because your brain is actively seeking them out. Your RAS influences the world that you see around you. Now, there are all sorts of different ways that people say you can train your RAS. And one common way is to think of your goal or whatever it is you want to influence it. Then you're going to think of the results that you want. And you really want to get very specific, creating almost like a movie with all the details, activating all your senses. Play it over and over and over so your brain gets used to it. So you're picturing the result. You have your goal, you picture the result, and then your brain will start to get used to it and it's going to start to find evidence to support it. Now, another way is we can have the RAS working to our advantage is through the questions that we ask. Have you ever heard the expression, the quality of your life is dependent on the quality of your questions? So don't spend your valuable time, energy, and resources on lousy questions. So for example, when we ask things like, what's wrong with me? We're basically telling our brain to go find proof and evidence of all the things that are wrong with you. Instead, why aren't we asking what's right with me and investing in that kind of discovery? So now I'm going to offer you a few questions that I think are really powerful and often worth investing in. These are questions that you can get your brain searching for evidence for or questions that will help your brain form a new perspective or come up with new ways of looking at things. It will help your brain make decisions based on looking at alternate points of view. So these are some questions that I personally like to ask. So hopefully you will find them useful as well. So one question is, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Now, this is one that maybe you're not necessarily looking for proof or evidence, more you're wanting to look at a different perspective. You're wanting your brain to really evaluate the two sides. If I say yes to this, what am I saying no to? Another question that is so helpful is, is this helping me or hurting me? This question can really help you decide if the thought is a good one for you or if the action is a good one. Is it helping or hurting? Sometimes we do things or we think things out of habit. So it's good to stop and step out of automatic pilot and sort of ask, what am I doing here? Is this helping or is this hurting? Remember, our thoughts are optional. We don't have to keep thinking the same thoughts that lead us to feel terrible. The next question is, what is the next best step? And I love this one because I have a tendency of thinking, how do I do this? I want to have it all figured out. And I want to offer to you to think of it like going on a road trip. If I get in a car and set my GPS to Florida from my home destination of Toronto, I don't get in the car and panic or freak out because I don't see Florida right away. Of course I don't. I just see the next step. I drive one block and turn right. And I might not see the next step until I'm done the step that I'm already on. And it's okay. I need to trust that the next step will appear and be confident that I will always find the next step. So no panic is necessary if the path is not completely visible. I take a step 
and the stare appears. So when your brain goes into panic mode and is searching, searching, searching for all the steps, just rein it in and ask yourself, okay, what is the next best step? Now, the next question I like to ask is what would future Leah say or do? And obviously you replace Leah with your own name. I mean, I guess you could think what would future Leah say or do, because I probably have an opinion as you know, but really asking yourself, what would your future self say or do? And I've talked about this on multiple episodes and most recently on the one in episode 75, which is called who is in your car. But I also talked about it in episode 54, the future you episode. I want my brain to be actively thinking about what my future self would be doing, not being constantly pulled back by my past self who only knows what is familiar and wants to keep me safe and wants to keep me back there. Future self is the one that wants me to grow and learn and take risks. So what would future Leah say or do is a great question. Another series of questions, I'm cheating a little bit here, is what can I do more of? what can I do less of? What can I do the same? So these are sort of like a trio of questions. It gives your brain a bit of structure to work with. It helps you see what you are doing great at and then priming your brain to do more of it and then what to keep doing. But it also gets your brain thinking of what it can do a bit better. I find these three questions help give equal airtime, sort of acknowledge that 50-50 of life. It's about acceptance of it all. Letting your brain know that you're doing amazing, you can keep going. Some more or some of the same, but there is more to grow and improve. And if we embrace that with excitement rather than shame that we also have some things to grow and improve, we will be so much more open and less resistant. So that trio of questions is a great one to ask. Now, the next question, this one can be a little bit tough when you're deep in trials, but it is, how is this happening for me? I remember reading somewhere that no matter how bad things get, like 99% bad, you can always find the 1%. So how is this happening for me? What can I learn through this? How can I grow? It's an amazing path to get your brain to explore and find evidence on. And of course, timing is everything too. You may want to allow yourself to process emotions, allow for clean pain and grief before asking this question. But eventually, know that this question is available to ask to get your brain seeking for the answer. Now, the next question is, if I knew the ending was guaranteed in my favor what would I be doing differently right now? And this is really one of my absolute favorite ones. It was one that I used when I was in the depths of my divorce. I asked myself, if I knew I was going to be happy again in five years, what would I be doing differently? And I decided to really enjoy my single momming years and my time with my girlfriends, time with myself, getting to know myself, taking care of me. It was the best thing to get my brain hooked onto. Now, another question is, who do I want to be and how do I want to show up? I use this one often. Whenever I'm feeling offended or wrong or annoyed or ticked off, I may feel justified in feeling wronged or feel resentful or even want to get revenge. But the question that gets me grounded is who do I want to be and how do I want to show up? Because I can't control others. I can only control myself. It's very powerful to decide who I want to be regardless of what goes on. So that does not just mean caving and people-pleasing. I know for me, it became a lot more about who do I want to be 
Well, I want to be somebody who has my own back, somebody who voices what they feel, somebody who can love and forgive, but also share how I feel. So ask yourself, how do I want to show up in this situation? Get your brain thinking about that. Now, another great question is, what else is true? Because sometimes we're adamant about our perspective, our view, our way of thinking, that it's the right one and the only one. But what else is true really helps the brain shift to see the other sides. It can help you be more level-headed and be more compassionate, and it can really help you be less judgmental. So what else is true? Now, another one that's a humbling one is, how am I wrong about this? Now, I may think I'm right and justified and all that good stuff, but it's humbling to acknowledge that in all things, I can also be wrong. I don't have to beat myself up about being wrong, but this question helps remind me to have grace with others and with myself, to see that I may be fixed in my ways, but there are 10 other ways I can think differently and loosen things up. So how am I wrong about this? And the next one is, how do I want to be remembered? What is my legacy? I shared more about this one on episode 70, writing your own eulogy. It's just a reminder of looking at the bigger picture, keeping things in perspective. Will this make a difference? I truly believe if you want to be remembered a certain way, then obviously you need to be deliberately living that certain way. I always say to my kids, if you want to arrive in a certain destination, you need to purchase a ticket to that specific destination. You don't want to be buying a ticket to somewhere else and then get upset when you arrive at that other place. I've also heard people say, don't be disappointed that you don't get the reward when you didn't put the work in. Your legacy is your investment. So ask your brain this question so it can get on the path that you want to be on. How do you want to be remembered? What is your legacy? My last one is a simple one, but it is so, so, so good. It is. So what? I love to tack it onto so many of my thoughts as questions. So what allows my brain to really think about, well, what does it really mean? Is it a big deal, a little deal? Again, it helps the brain find perspective. Like, so what this is happening? Try it. Tack it on to some, it can be really helpful to tack it on to some hard things. This is happening to me. So what? This person did this to me. So what? And I certainly don't mean to minimize any kind of clean pain, but I find that so what really helps with perspective. These are some of my favorite questions to ask. And of course, there's so many more. And in coaching, one of the things that you do is you learn to ask questions that get your mind going. And they're going to be different for everybody. Although a lot of the ones that I shared with you today, I share with many of my clients and they find them helpful too. So write them down, put them where you can see them, read them frequently. Remember, you can train your brain. You can tell your brain where to go. You can let your brain collect all the evidence it needs. So try it out. Use your brain to your advantage. And finally, ask yourself, how can I make this more fun? And let your brain figure out how to have more fun, doing things in the funnest way possible. So have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.